Pickaxe. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Triforce Podcast. Mm, welcome, welcome, hello. With uh, with Piru Flax, hello, and how Sips, are you? Pip Pip, and Lewis. Hello, man. How are you guys doing this morning? It's a very fine morning. Oh, I was up early this morning. I'm 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 bad. I'm doing pretty bad. Why? What happened? Oh no. Just I I took a I went to the bathroom before we started, thinking you know it was going to be a quick in and out, and it wasn't. You found a lump. Oh, dude. No, yeah. it's, no, it's not as bad as that. It was just a bit of a. <laughs> Just a bit of a messy shit, Lewis. Jeez. <laughs> really? Do we do we really have to start with this? Well, I was intrigued because Sip said on the Discord he's just going for a poop. BRB five minutes, and I took a poop at the exact same time. Yeah. Because uh, I I find that now I'm getting older, I can time my poops like down to the minute. I'm like right. I've had, my, had my coffee. Yeah. Had a smoke, and the nicotine and the caffeine together combine. To force my body, my body's like it's pooping time. It's like we're on a clock. Yeah. So I'm now thinking if we, if, if Mrs. F is like, let's go somewhere today, give it half an hour, love, and then we'll go out. Just gotta wait, right? Because like, I, I don't want to poop when yeah. I'm out. So once no. it, once that's done, I'm good to go. But I just gotta, I've got to get my business done first. So I do think it's funny we're on the same. I clock. tell you what, I I used to poop before I had to. I used to feel the urge and need to poop before I did something exciting. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's like, a good, uh, good time to do it. You don't want to be bungee jumping and then just like pinching a loaf at the same time. Exactly. So, but I still really get that before going up on stage to do stuff. So we went to Insomnia a uh, week week so back and did a stage show. And before that stage show, man, needed needed to go so bad. Yeah. And yeah. then once you're out there on the stage, never had never had a problem at all. Like the whole time, didn't yeah. didn't. It's not like I was like holding in a massive poop like the whole yeah. time. See, I'm the opposite. I get up on stage doing a panel. I'm just like, oh, excuse me, everybody. I'll, I'll be back in like 10 minutes. I just, <laughs> I, I didn't realize this was going to happen, but wow. You don't see that tend to happen too much, do you, on like live television? You know, people no. don't have to rush off to do a poop Well, I think they, it's like in porn as well. There's just lots of enemas. Right, oh, I see. And like lot, lot, they clear themselves out big time. So you think the news yeah. readers and all these people who do live stuff are constantly yeah. Like constantly just out. like getting a hose up there and just flushing out their system. <laughs> like, right. 
so to make sure just to make sure the, yeah because you BBC never know news doesn't get interrupted that's right yeah yeah they're professionals that's what you have to do if you're a professional yeah. welcome to show business kid here's your enema gee i didn't know it was gonna be like this mister <laughs> that's pretty much how it works i mean on the porn side of things for sure yeah it's like i've never done it with uh i never i'd ever been a real professional journalist or professional actor or anything it's oh, funny you're professional lewis you're one of the most yeah. professional yeah. people yeah. that i know thanks yeah but just you just got to bring your poop game up to up to code that's it you uh, just got to flush out your system and um and you're 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 ready to rock and roll imagine a world where you're about to go on stage at a stage show and you don't need to poop because your system has already been flushed out three days prior and there's no chance of you pooping again for like a week beautiful it's a, it's a dream yeah. it's my dream it's a it's a world we can have we it's just there. have to make sure that we, we, we get there together. I'm not sure we deserve it, though. That's the thing. What, a, a world where, with planned poop? Yeah. I don't know. Like, I think that's like our curse. Like, this, that's, that's like more evidence that this, this earth of ours is actually hell and we don't we're realize doomed. it. Yeah. <laughs> we're doomed. Yeah. I wonder if we can fill this entire podcast just chatting about poop. I hope because not. we haven't really Man, got anything else to talk about. It feels like... Like no time has yeah, gone by. Yeah, I mean, me and Lewis are in the in the vacuum of World of Warcraft right now. Yeah, we've been playing it heavy for like a week and a bit now. That's all we've been doing. So we have like nothing new to talk about. No, like we we had to like force ourselves to play Hearts of Iron four yesterday. Pretty much, we it were was just fun like, though. no, I'm just joking. We 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 didn't have to force. It was fantastic. It was really good. Yeah. That game is crazy. By the yeah. way, holy shit, it's so yeah. weird. It is super weird. I wish I. I wish I had more manpower and I wish I had more units so that I could do more. Like, because all I'm doing is doing air yeah, everywhere. Yeah, it's it is. I mean, that, the problem is, I, I think now we've played enough that we could try and do a game where one of us is Germany, one of us is Japan, and and one of us is is a and other like Italy, maybe, maybe, yeah, and see if we can conquer it as the Axis. I, I think it would be good because there is a, there is a bit to manage, but I think we all know the game. Yeah. So I was watching, um, not watching. I I saw on the Hearts of Iron Four subreddit. Someone completed a complete world conquest right. as Liberia. Wow. So they took over every single island. They took over every single Man, that must have been really satisfying to do. As Liberia. Like, imagine just knowing the game so well that you can do that. Uh, that would be fun. I would enjoy doing that. It's mad. I would, I like, I would definitely I, I, tinker away at that for a couple of weeks. It would be great. I mean, his strategy, okay... If you want, if you're interested, he started off as Liberia, and he basically just joined the Axis, and then um, sort of declared war on the Netherlands very early. Right. Apparently, it's pretty lightly defended, and just took over the Netherlands as Liberia completely. Just right. you know, like ambushed them, and then moved in on the UK, took that, and then from there. The well, world yeah, I suppose that once you take over the UK, you're like pretty pretty good to go. Yeah. With Hearts of Iron 4, I mean, it's an early edition of it, really. I mean, I, I know that it was in development for a long time, and they, yeah. were, they were struggling with quite a lot of a lot of it for sort of quite a while. And I think one of the, the biggest problems it's got at the moment with the AI is the national focuses. Because I think that a lot of the time the AI is involved in something way, you know, it's it's really, really difficult for the AI to, to win a war or to, to, to secure an objective. And the national focus comes along and says something to the Nazis like um, uh, invade Scandinavia. And they go, OK, that's what we're doing now. And they abandon the plans yeah. that they've got to go off and do I that. See. And we, we saw that where they were at war with the French, which and they always attack the Maginot line for some reason, because I think the AI thinks, oh, I'd have to spend time. 
you know, I mean, there needs to be a national focus that says we're going to go through Belgium. Like that needs to be a national focus to to go through the 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 to Netherlands and Belgium rather than throw thousands of men at the Maginot Line to die. I think um, it is one of them. Just, yeah, it's just not very good. This is a, it this does, is a long running problem. Like yeah. you know, the best AI, the best coders of AI in the in the world have to be people who are making video games, right? Yeah. And in fact, AI programming and AI education and stuff like this has been driven by video games yeah. often because yeah. it's very very difficult if you imagine how to because often computers are given these things where it's said like you know if this happens do this and then do this you know but that's, they don't yeah. imagine like right it's like but then again what's fine for much like Civ are very complicated games and the AI doesn't do them very well unless it gets to cheat well, yeah. just so AI, the, AI is never things... very fluid in, in games, though. It, it, you, you're, it, the AI is only as good as what whoever's coding it can think up of that's going to happen and that how it can respond to it sort of thing. You know what but I mean? But there, like there is, I think there's a reason for that. And I, I've actually been doing, I don't know if I mentioned this, I've been doing some stuff with York University, right? And about three months ago, I went up there for a visit to York University and they're doing um, this thing about uh, statistics in esports. They're, they're working towards a project on that. And they want to use machine learning to do it. Um, so they're sort of they've got this really cool thing where they've got all this machine learning stuff and this neural net and everything like that. And it can go over. It, it's working with Dota and, and CS:GO at the moment and a few other games. And because of the way that Valve coded the API for their games, you can pull all this statistical data out of the game using things like uh, you know I don't know what, what what programs they have, but you can have millions and millions and millions of games, and you could present, for instance the average location of a hero across 10 million games. Wow. So you can compare your positioning with what the average is, and then you can scale that. So, well, what's the average positioning at 5K MMR, 6K MMR, and sort of see what differences there are between bad players and good players. Now, most of the AI that happens for games, it's self-contained. It has no way of learning. It has no way... Like, you can figure out what the AI is going to do and sort of play it. You know what I mean? You can sort of play the... The AI, because you think, well, it always does this in this situation. So I know that if I do this, this, and this, I'm in position. Yeah, think, and that's I because it'll step... have been coded to respond to like a situation in X number of ways. Right, and it's it never, really it doesn't learn. Out. It doesn't yeah. learn, and what it no. needs to do is is learn. And what that what needs to happen is that that the, the developers of the game, I think this will happen eventually, will say the game's going to start off fairly simply. And the AI is going to be as good as we can make it, but it is going to learn over all of your games and it's going to figure out ways to beat people in certain situations and what's the best. I mean, it'll find the best balance of forces because it's got millions of games to compare it to. So it can say that on average in this situation, the best thing to do is this or that. So I think that that's the next evolution of AI is that to use the data from all those people playing the game to improve it for everybody. That's the next step, I think. Yeah, I mean, in some examples, though, like the AI in Hearthstone, for example, I think sometimes it's coded, not badly, but it's coded in a certain way that that from the out, outside, like for, from you as the player perceiving it, it's like this AI coding is terrible. Like, what yeah. were they thinking? But I think sometimes they do it for like comedy effect or, yeah. you know, they do it very specifically in that way so that you can get through it or or that you yourself learn something by them making like a bad mistake, which is yeah, kind of clever true. in itself, actually. Like, I think people just dismiss it straight away as like, oh, this was too easy. You know, this AI is dumb. We're but, talking about you know, the Karazhan one night. Yeah, yeah. But I think I think in in some specific cases, it's it's done on purpose 
for for you to learn something or 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 for yeah maybe you know just just for like some sort of like story or, or comedy effect and i think you know that's to- that's a totally different situation you know that that ai never does need to learn sort of thing but certainly in something like hearts of iron or like stellaris or something the ai would li- totally benefit from being able to learn and adapt and, and do different things but like what if it went like too far and and became like really 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 good? Well, that, and you that's could never where beat planning it, a war and then Skynet and then we're dead. <laughs> and then so. it actually does it. Yeah, I mean that's where the the difficulty level would be that you would um, set the difficulty level and that would limit it to a certain depth of search, if you like. Um, yeah. Because if you like, if you give a machine long enough, it'll run through enough permutations that it'll arrive at an optimal sort of strategy. So what you want to say is limit the depth of its search and also maybe it has to choose from a few within a range. Whereas if you want to play on lethal difficulty, it always chooses the, the absolute optimal strategy. Yeah, yeah. That would be amazing. Imagine like imagine a world where the military just got so lazy that they, they depended on, you know, like game AI to to you know, manage and <laughs> plan I don't think it's wars. that hard to imagine, dude. It's <laughs> crazy and easy. That'd be, that'd be pretty good. Let like, the computer do this one. Can we, uh, phone up Paradox. We're going to need the Clausewitz uh, engine uh, to plan out this one. Deploy <laughs> Clausewitz. <laughs> Mr. President, your Clausewitz launch codes, please. <laughs> oh, shit. That'd be so good. Put up Hearts of Iron 5. <laughs> There's a war Let's going. run a simulation. Now, the simulation says it's 1945, but let's, let's for argument's sake, say it's 2020 and uh, we're, you know, nukes actually matter. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> they don't just take our train tracks anymore, Mr. President. <laughs> oh, my God. So, uh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, spoilers. Uh, so basically, like, this is a really interesting thing because Elon Musk believes that we're living in a computer simulation. You know yeah, this, right? Simulation theory is a is a big thing. I've been, I've been reading about it. It's an interesting one, but it's it's well, kind of a philosophical thing. Yeah. Really. The other thing Elon Musk said, though, is that um, and a lot of people have said this. There was a book called Superintelligence by this philosopher and he talked a lot and it became very popular and it was basically talking about how if machine brains surpass human brains the super super brains will replace humans basically they'll it's the it's the doom scenario that you know the post-human society will not well obviously a post-human society won't involve humans but but ai's are the biggest danger, bigger, more dangerous than nuclear weapons. That's what Elon Musk actually said. So, Because we were playing Divinity, right, um, the, the pre-alpha, and one of the things that was talked about there I found really interesting was that they were talking about how they coded the AI to make it harder. And the way they coded the AI to make it harder was not to do with self-learning or anything like that. It was that they watched a load of humans playing Divinity on YouTube and then found out what they did and then deliberately coded the encounters to counter that stuff. Okay, so that is like garbage. Okay, that's a garbage level of intelligence. But the other thing is that's interesting is that when Deep Blue beat Gary Kasparov back in the day at chess, I think it was I think that's what it was called, uh, everyone thought, oh, chess is over, it's just going to be a computer game now, computers can do it better, it's going to be boring, we'll watch computers play against computers. But what he did was after he did that, he actually made a league. You can, you can, you can identify yourself as a human or a computer, uh, and you can actually play anything. So you can actually just you can actually get a computer and have a computer play with you, or you can be a team of people like wow, a university team. I didn't realize team. that was the thing because I actually identify as a computer. So right. for a league to <laughs> op- accept me with open arms like that you can is identify as whatever you want. I'll be whatever you want. Emotional. But the best chess players in the world right now are actually a combination of computers and people. Cyborgs. So it's not 
Yeah. <laughs> wow. No. You know what I find? You know something like something that, that it's worth mentioning as well. Like something I always find really depressing. Like when I'm playing, you know, like Fallout for for example, and like you know this this maybe could happen to us as well. You know, imagine imagine AI becomes so strong, and imagine somehow we are wiped out by robots or something like that, and then you know thousands and thousands of years later on. Um, because like the robots just don't know what to do. They just sort of meander around and do whatever it was that they were intended to do in the first place. And then some other distant civilization lands uh, on planet Earth, which is still totally intact and everything, but it's just completely sort of run by these like boring ass weird robots with like, you know, Coca-Cola slogans that they're chanting out every once in a while and stuff. And like, what 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 is another civilization going to think of us if that's what they see you know what i mean like when you're playing fallout and you you see like a like a nuka-cola robot like walking around saying like hey bring your kids down to nuka world and stuff like that you're, you're sort of like oh fuck that like the old world is like funny and, and and charming in its own way but man it's like kind of depressing as well right like and like and that's the only insight they get into your civilization is these crappy shitty robots that you've made that have now just like shuffling around on, on this beautiful earth where there's like no humans left sort of thing oh, man. i don't want it i don't want I don't want to be embarrassed like that thousands of that, years after mm, my death. I like, find that game depressing anyway. Like, there's just the whole thing. It's it's super depressing. Yeah. Everyone's there's so the sad. About, there's a thing about futurism, though, right? And that's basically that trying to predict the future is very, very difficult, um, especially the near future. But the more distant future is actually not so difficult to predict in a sense because, you know, it, for example, yeah, I think the, the analogy, I can't remember who, who said this, but the analogy is that when it rains on a on a mountain, you can't predict where that rain is going to go, but you can predict that it's going to go down. You can predict that it's going to run down into a river and that river's going to go into the sea. You can't predict where, how, you know, it's very, detail, it's very difficult to predict all the little raindrops, but it's very easy to know where the big direction is. And the, the reality of what that means is, though, that, that if this alien race came along and saw this happening on Earth, it would be familiar to them from their own experiences their own past you know it's, it's an experience that the way that civilizations evolve is not unlikely to be similar they are going to develop nuclear weapons at some point and maybe they will armageddon themselves maybe they'll move past that to another point where they've developed another thing and then maybe they'll armageddon themselves and they'll develop past that point to another thing and then maybe they'll armageddon themselves to the but, point uh, where they get to go and explore our planet and they'll think okay these guys only reached this stage and they you know? think, we never Armageddon anything. Let's yeah, try no, it on these what? guys. You never know, though. I mean, that's a, like we're basing that on, based on human nature and like, you know, the, the way that we are, the way that like at a very basic level we operate. And like we've, we've always, hu humans have always had some sort of, you know, uh, idea of like conflict and um, being stronger than, than somebody else and like the whole sort of... Um, you know, concept of like alpha male and, and this and that. And like, you know, what if an alien race just doesn't have any of that? Maybe maybe That's they're true. just like all fun loving, you know, Buddhas or something. And they just, you know, they spend all their time like examining the feelings of like insects and, and stuff. And I mean, love if each the Nazis had won, imagine that, and, that world that we'd have now. Imagine that. You can. Like. So there's a Netflix series about it oh, really? based, yeah. based on a Philip K. Dick book called The Man in the High Castle. Oh, yeah. 
I mean, that, that sounds great. I'm going to watch it when I get home after I've played WoW but and Deus Ex and the new Fallout DLC. <laughs> there's a, vid- there's, there's Sorry, a movie. I've got a lot to do. I'm there's busy. A movie. I'm busy, P-Flax. <sighs> there's a movie. He's stressing out about video games, P-Flax. I know. It's depressing. There's, yeah. there's a there's a film in, in the, the Man of the Castle in that world. There's a film called The Grasshopper Lies Sleepy or something like that. I can't remember okay. what it was called. And it's a film of World War II being lost by the Nazis. And they're not quite sure, like they're looking at historical footage of World War II being lost by the Nazis, despite living in a universe where the Nazis won. And that's ah, the premise. It's very interesting. Grasshopper lies heavy. Heavy, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, but it's a very, yeah, it's, it's interesting. The, the book is very interesting. It's weird because America is split in half between the Japanese West Coast and the uh, Nazi East Coast. Oh, I remember hearing about this actually, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's worth a watch. It's okay. Um, oh, nice. But the, the Japanese have a very different cultural approach to the fact that they've conquered America because they're obsessed with American culture and arcana. So they're like any kind of American pre-war uh, relics they're really, really interested in. And they live this very strange sort of life where they're still into the... Have you heard of the I Ching? Oh, yeah. It's like a collection of... Th- you, you sort of throw these sort of sticks that have things on them and you look them up in that order and the, the book will tell you what you should do in any given circumstance. So it's like a sort of oh, right. a sort of portable uh it's like multifunctional a horoscope. Thing. Yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah. So there's they're still living by that kind of thing. It's an, it's interesting anyway. It's well, worth that's pretty good. If you like alternate oh, I, history. I love I love alternate reality and alternate history stuff. Yeah. And me in fact too, I love yeah. historical fiction. I love reading um kind of stories that because history can be very boring if you just read out the facts, but actually history is I think sometimes extremely cool, yeah, and dramatic and exciting, and people are horrible to each other. I think this gets goes back to the whole AI thing and what Exerbia was talking about. And it's basically that if you create an AI that is aware and self-aware, its main overriding factor is not to die. People really do not want to die, and this thing, this these things, these things that are, these AIs that are created will will really just. I think that's the major thing, like. It, the chances of you ever creating a benevolent AI that that will be willing to die is zero. Everything that is alive fights so hard to carry on living. Yeah. Mm. So that's that's what it's well, all that's, about. Uh, I mean, have, have you heard about the 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 basilisk? No, no. This is supposed that there is some guy proposed. There's a forum. Uh, I can't remember what internet forum it is. I apologize. It's like people philosophize about. The near future stuff and future technology oh, it sounds stuff. Like I think the something awful.com forums. It, it's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it sounds it like that, a lot of that kind of stuff happens there for it, sure. So. Yeah, go check it out, uh, listeners. Um, th- this is a uh, this is a, a different forum, and someone was talking about this. The the uh, we live in a simulation, not by you know that sort of uh, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And the, the the thing is this: if there is a super advanced AI, perhaps their entire sort of uh, outlook on humanity would be that they will retroactively punish you for not doing everything that you could in your power to assist in the creation of this AI. The The AI will run a simulation of, of your life. And if at no point in that simulation do you assist in the creation of this AI, you are obviously not a benevolent person, given that the AI is benevolent and is looking out for people and we now have harmony and all the rest of it. So it will retroactively punish you and you'll spend a sort of a simulated eternity in hell, which I thought was really crazy, yeah. mind-melting idea. But um, a lot of people got very freaked out by it. But my, my problem with the whole we're living in a simulation thing is that I don't think it serves any purpose. And 
the the idea that some super intelligence would have come up with an idea why we should all live in a simulation and manage it and all the rest of it, it doesn't really make sense. I, I don't I don't quite understand why it would bother. No. I, I don't think it's too relevant. I think another couple of interesting things about the future is that one of the ideas is that we will eventually be able to basically either live forever through kind of health and genetic modification to some extent. Plus, there's a, in, in a couple of hundred years when computers have advanced sufficiently, we'll be able to basically just download our consciousness or our brain into a computer and mimic it in a computer and live in this virtual world like like world of warcraft live there right and other and, and it will become slowly this thing where no one has to die your grandma doesn't have to die no right, one they has just to like die. preserve your brain in a jar and hook yep. you up to world of warcraft nice. no they don't even preserve your brain they just copy all the electrical impulses uh they scan your brain and it gets put into a hard drive and you know you can store people in hard drives so right it'll, it'll be death will become this this taboo i mean honestly where, i know that you well, say, i know people are saying like oh you know we, we desperately don't want to die but actually <laughs> when i'm 90 i'm ready like i will die like I'm, I'm good with that i'm cool like just you know just live in world of warcraft not even just can like you just imagine? fucking pull the plug i'm done i'm you know i'm 90 years is enough for me. Like, I don't need to live, like, much longer than that. I don't know if I'd want to. Like, you know, I, if, if I could live forever with, like, uh, my 18-year-old body and, and stuff, cool. But, like, I don't want to live forever with, like, a fucking you won't old, have to. decrepit That's the geriatrics point. body and, or in a virtual shit. world or anything. Like, I don't want, I don't want to fucking... You can always, no, but you imagine, can always ask but, to be deleted. Yeah, just delete Oh, come me. on, Sips. Imagine, you know, imagine, the thing is, it will be like you are in this 18-year-old's body because the technology will be so advanced. It'll be like going to the holodeck, you know. No, imagine, I think like, I think, you know, cremation, I think well, that's listen, why Sips, it do you know what? You're this, not going to have to worry about this, this idea because of, it's not going to be in your lifetime. I know, so. but this idea of like <laughs> burning somebody's body, I think people do that on purpose because they're like, I'm done. Like, I don't want there to be any... Ifs, ends, or buts, nothing. You know, just fucking burn me and that's it. I'm done. Right. I don't want to accidentally like come, come back, back as and, you know, I'm, and be stuck in the morgue, like alive somehow, like I overnight or something. I want to have my brain frozen and I want to come back in like a thousand years and they'll be like, uh, welcome to the future. I'd fucking I'm love done. that. I, I want to see I'm quite happy I'm just so for curious. it to be somebody else's problem. Oh, no, you can't do that. I, I think having your brain frozen is a real danger i mean we've got to understand that you know i had a really bad dream last night okay i'm sorry really horrible a really bad dream right yeah imagine if i had my brain frozen at the moment of having a nightmare you know, oh god i mean i would have it would be horrible to have be, be living that nightmare out but for you, you're god assuming that your long. brain is going to be active the point is it's frozen yeah. It's not doing anything. It's not doing, There's no thought going on. Yeah. Your brain is essentially dead but preserved. It's like in Aliens when they travel very far and they go into the cryosleep chamber thing you know like there's nothing happening feels I like they've been I, in I, there, I, there though don't they maybe i feel like if all the electrical impulses in your brain are frozen and stopped anyway aren't you dead anyway i, I yeah, don't but I then don't you think come it, back that's the point and they I don't think you can you. though i think the electrical impulses that are happening right now are what are making you up and as soon as that stops you're dead i don't think you can i don't think you can no, react I, to I think that chamber's impulses. got like a built-in defib so like when they thaw you out just like in your back just like I, gets I love how we're theorizing. Again. I think there's a lot. I think we can. I write PFAX. I will concede that that, that is a possible. I think there's some some things in science which are impossible, right? So that's silly. For example, travel traveling faster than light no. is a very difficult concept. It's very difficult, but I would never say it's impossible. I think it's. I don't think it's impossible. I I think I think what I think what what a lot of us I think 
nowadays, I think we have the time and, and the luxury to sit around and think up all this crazy shit. Um, but the reality <laughs> is that none of it is going to happen in our lifetimes or our children's no. lifetimes or their disagree. children's lifetimes. I disagree. It's... Have you not heard about the, the EM drive that's just Yeah, but that's out. not going to go faster than light. There's a lot of rules of the universe. The only matter. way to travel faster than light is to go through some sort of wormhole or whatever. But that doing that is, is so crazy and, and out there. I don't that, even think you it's know, The fact is, though, that you know, humans are not made to really go into space either. You know, you, we go up no, into space. I don't really want to be in we space. We go up into a plane and we get bombarded by radiation. Yeah. We'll be fine. They'll figure it out. It would be silly to say otherwise. I, th- I true, think I, there are two There what? are two issues. Yeah. Number one is, will we destroy ourselves before then, which is the biggest concern, and it is a real possibility. And number two is uh, time dilation, I think, is the biggest issue we're going to have about faster than light travel. Because what's the fucking point in setting off on a six-month mission where you're traveling faster than light and you get to some other system, and behind you, the world has aged two or three hundred years. What's the point? It destroys... What do you mean, what's the point? I mean, by the time you get there, everything yeah, the and everybody you be left gone. behind is gone. They might have even come... There's a, there are many sci-fi stories about this, where a ship sets off on this voyage, and but when it gets there, it finds that the system it's arrived at is already developed and colonized, because they were overtaken. Yeah. The people of Earth, three hundred years in the future have managed to come up with warp gates or something and yeah. got there and they were like, yeah, sorry we didn't tell you guys on your five-year so, yeah. mission to this star. We had no way of stopping this ship once it started started getting going, so uh, we just left you. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah. I, I think that's the, the issue is we're not mentally ready for dealing with it. I think the difficulty, though, for me is that I love... I don't... I know a lot about science, but not, not too much. I'm not like a fucking doctor or none of us are right if you actually want to look read read anything well, about science or any of this stuff go ahead and do it right we're not the experts but i think that when i was um when i was a kid magic was so special because i didn't really understand the rules of the universe right whereas now i i i have a better idea of futurism and and what is potentially to come in 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 our future in, in humanity's future and therefore i find it very very difficult to watch some sci-fi or some shows in the same way that i, I don't get that kind of joy about mystery necessarily anymore because some of it's just so you know I, I see things happening and i'm like wow that's this is so this is so kind of bollocks <laughs> you know i don't like it i don't know i like i like the hard i've always read i started off reading sort of hard sci-fi it's so-called right because it's more stuff. You just yeah, got right into the hard Asimov, stuff. Asimov, Asimov, and stuff like that. Arthur yeah. C. Clarke, and, and and it's surprising how Arthur C. Clarke and Asimov actually does hold up today. Like you know, even though it was written about fifty years ago, it feels like you're still reading some really good science-based sci-fi. I think you know? they're, they're like it's quite philosophical. A lot of their stuff, like Asimov's yeah. the, the rules for robots and stuff. That's that's actual. That's actual philosophy. I mean, that's the kind of stuff you can look at that and say this isn't just the and then the robot pulled out his cannon arm and fired at Bodega, but Bodega, using his cyborg legs, dived to the left, anticipating the robot's cannon arm, and shot back at him with his LAS pistol. (laughs) 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 It's probably good good sci-fi, you know, it's actual... Please carry on. I'm fucking (laughs) really enjoying this. from his homebrew fan fiction. (laughs) What happened next to Bodega, Perion Bodega? Bodega. (laughs) Tell me more about this, Bodega. He sounds great. Does he have a cape? No, he I hope so. Bodega shuns capes. <laughs> he wears a jetpack. Rightly and so. And Bodega fired his jetpack and shut down the caped fool who was wearing a cape. What? 
Yeah, but there'll be another one in a second. <laughs> I love how we have a little Dad girl who's trying part of this to podcast. get a sci-fi on. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> she's interested in a bodega. Yeah, she Tell wants me to more. find out about the cape and the jetpack. Jeez. Oh, oh my god. I <laughs> <sighs> love it. She's funny. Yeah. Oh god. So what else have you guys been doing this week? Anything anything fun happen? I started playing the uh, the Nuka World DLC for Fallout 4. Um, oh, cool. And it's, it's cool, man. It's pretty fun. It's like, you can tell that the guys who made it have, have been to Disneyland uh, lots of times because there's all of the sort of, the tropes of, of, you know, like a theme park or like a major sort of child-friendly, family-friendly theme park in there. Um, but it's it's got the usual sort of fallout stuff in it as well which has been really cool so far like i've i've barely done any of it and so far it's it's just been great it's just been really fun like the the whole sort of idea of nuka world um the storyline that's like behind it that the factions and stuff is it's really well done it's really really good it's it's worth so getting is that the for sure. last it's the last dlc isn't it yeah from... i think it's the last for the season pass so i i i don't know what the plans are for future dlc or if they're if if that's it now that like you know because i guess the idea for the season pass is that you 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 buy it ahead of time and it gives you all of the dlc at a discounted price yeah i heard it's, that it's, it's it's the roadmap of dlc but i i haven't heard that there's anything there else were in development. Hints that um it was gonna come along and it said you know because i think pete hines said that we're gonna do more than we planned right they, they've they've mentioned that they might think about doing another one but there's no yeah, no I, for, I, I feel like the DLC and the and the 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 frequency that's come out in has it has enhanced the game a lot and made it a lot more fun to play. You know, that uh, definitely it's introduced a lot of like interesting cool things that you can you can do and you can spend time doing and it. I I think it's just really well done. Like I when I first started playing Fallout 4, I I liked it cuz I I really like the Fallout setting. I you know, I'm generally a fan of Fallout games and stuff. But for some reason, I played for about 50 hours and I got really bogged down in the settlement stuff. And then I was just like, oh, you know, I think like I've played enough. I don't really want to play anymore. Um, but coming back to it now, I'm starting to realize more and more that it's it, it it is a really good game. Like it. And, you know, a lot of people dismissed it straight away saying that it, it wasn't very good. But um, I, yeah. I, I personally think like it's starting to to become overall, almost as like, memorable as New Vegas for me, which yeah, is hard it, to it talk. Actually, I think it's just matched the new vegas metacritic score because so i think previously it was it was it was lower yeah um but the user score certainly has been lower than the um metacritic has been lower than the uh, yeah. reviewer whatever it's professional review site score i don't know why that is uh, well i think we just it, we we live in this culture now where we 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 don't we're not willing to spend time or money trying things when when other people have done it already like i i i think sometimes we put too much stock into what people are saying and reviewing and stuff you know like i i i i read reviews i listen to people who who criticize games and, and review games and you know sometimes i agree with them or whatever but you really like everybody's tastes are so different you really have to just you know if it, if something appeals to you and you want to play it and you want to try it you, you should just go for it cuz you might you might be surprised, you know, like Fallout 4, if you read any reviews, like, you know, you'd stay away from it. But I'd say if you stay away from it, you're you're missing out on some potentially really good, really good moments like in gaming. Like there's definitely some good stuff in there. Yeah. And it's it, it's just such a rich sort of like the map is, I guess, smaller than people are used to. But man, there's so much in there. It's crazy. Like 
it's it's just really good. If you really like the setting and and the universe and stuff, it's 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 really good. I like it. Yeah. Well. Well. Good. 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 Top top notch review. I definitely want to play it again once. A uh, load of mods. You know, I, I tend to come back to these games once they're gold. Yeah. And so, you know, there'll be a, whatever it is, a gold edition where you get fucking everything. I mean, I've already got the season pass, but it's kind of, it's, it's a nice, often a nice patch when the gold comes out that kind yeah. of I just mean, cleans if you got the everything season, up a bit. If you got the season pass and you got all the DLC, there's there's enough there to do. Like, Far Harbor itself is huge. Like, it's, yeah, it's but like big storage. I can't help DLC. installing a bunch of mods like I always enjoy an alternate start mod where you can start in a little shack and oh. pretend to be someone else oh yeah that's I, cool yeah. you know I like a kind of a couple of mods that just add more um, mobs out in the landscape or weird I, stuff I like that I got the season pass did you? Yeah. I, I have the season pass yeah. I, I don't even have the game installed I only played 21 hours and it was okay I, I enjoyed it but um, at the time I couldn't stream it so I kind of stopped playing it yeah. Um, on my old machine, I just couldn't stream it, so I didn't play it. And oh, right. I just kind of, I mean, I did enjoy it. I just, like I said, I do find it, I do find it very depressing. Yeah. So I just kind of don't, don't enjoy it so much. I've been, f- I've been fielding questions this week, or should I say corrections, because I dared to say that Gandalf didn't change his outfit during Lord of the Rings. <laughs> and of course, as we all know, Pyrian, after defeating the Balrog, he became Gandalf the White and he got a new staff and he got a new cloak. All right, whatever, nerd. <laughs> I mean, it's only like you know, it's it, it was gray before. He might have just accidentally also, left it out in the sun or something. Yeah, and it a went maybe white, he like, just whittled it. You know, you never know. Yeah, yeah. And B, he did that once in the whole epic saga. Yeah, he didn't do it every time he killed a bear and found and got. You know, it's not like every time they're out in the wild, Gandalf's like boar and just kills it, runs over, rummages around in its claws and and its fur and finds a, a good shield. You know, he. He killed a what Balrog. What do you think Gandalf does, like, at night when he goes home? You know, he's like, all right, hobbits, well, you know, it's been, been a great day, but he smokes I gotta a lot go of home. Weed. That's, like, what they, you know, that's what they do. He just smokes. Do you think he, like, washes his cloak ever? Or, like, do you think he takes it off and hangs it up and he's just, like, stark naked underneath and just walks around his house, like, no no clothes on? Is, is this the kind of stuff you think about, Sibs? Well. I wonder when Gandalf gets naked. Yeah. I wonder. What does he look like under that cloak? God, I wonder what his tongue oof. feels like in my mouth. <laughs> no, but like, you know what I mean? Like, Kiss it's me, funny. Master Frodo. Kiss me now. No, oh, Master Gandalf, I don't know about this. Kiss me, Frodo. You know, like the thing is, when you when when you're watching Lord of the Rings and you and the hobbits are presented to you and you can see their houses and stuff, you have like a fairly good idea of what their True. life is like, right? They're like the Teletubbies. Yeah, yeah, you can imagine that at night they've got the fire going. They're probably making a roast or whatever. Yeah, probably talking about some dumb shit and smoking weed and stuff. <laughs> And, you know, drinking a bit. And then they you can see their little beds and they probably go to yeah, sleep in right. their little beds. And they've always got like some little some pants hanging from a line like inside their house and, and everything. But like you never get that insight into Gandalf. Like, what does he do? He's just like, yeah. you know, does he just have one of those depressing like one room apartments where like <laughs> the only light is the TV and it's an infomercial and he's just like drinking a, a bottle of whiskey. Shout and, at the TV. Yeah. You know, he's got like pieces of microwave dinner stuck in his beard or whatever like <laughs> who knows you know you never get that insight we, we so. can imagine the hobbits taking a shit but we can't imagine gandalf doing it like no, no you cannot imagine that guy even you can't even imagine him pissing in a lake i can imagine Ian mckellen doing it you can imagine a hobbit like just you know 
ripping into a lake. What no are you problem. talking about? I could definitely imagine Gandalf taking a shit Where? with that smiley face no. with the epic Where, saxophone Lewis? music playing. Hell no. <laughs> mean. He's not going to be shitting. Like, that's the thing. He just magics the shit away. Where? He gives himself a magic enema. <laughs> in like a hobbit's outhouse. You know, he like bangs his head on the door and on the way out. He's in the hobbit's house, right? Oh, I see. Yeah, what we're yeah exactly. Is we, we, we have no locale in which There's we no can context. place Gandalf. Yeah, we can't. Where's Gandalf's house? He doesn't yeah. have one. He's got a wagon. Yeah. See, this is the he's, thing. He's got a wagon. Well, what do you mean if he's immortal? Surely he's had time to build a house. Why? He doesn't need a house. He would What's need the point? one for sure. Even somebody who's immortal needs a place to just like Look, put their feet up. You put a, you build a house, you're immortal. In 10 years time or a thousand years time, property prices have gone loco. Or, the, you know, bad neighbors moved in. Orcs moved in down the road. Uh, Saruman's built some, yeah, you know, knocked down on. all the trees. You're like, oh, I wish I'd never built this house. It took me a hundred years to build. Yeah. What a waste of time. I should have lived in the wagon. He is a Maya. That's his name. He's, he's lesser Ainur, who are less powerful than the Valar, yeah. right. but still oh pretty powerful. God. There you go. That's, that's Lord of <laughs> the Rings for you. So, <laughs> I know. No wonder they didn't put any of that in the fucking yeah. films. Any Anytime there's a cool story, yeah. the lore behind the story is always the worst thing. Oh, it's that's so bad. dull. That's bad. Yeah, I mean, God, it's it's tough to. It's it's like that thing I said about history before. Yeah. If you just do all the facts, it's boring. But if you can tell a story around it, people man. people love to suck the mystery out of something because if they're interested in something, there's a breed of people that want to know every detail of it and understand it completely rather than accept. That's right. Gandalf's cool. He's a cool guy. He's a wizard who comes and goes. What more do you yeah, need to right. know? Yeah, that's right. People would love to love to open the mystery box. It's like old fucking J.J. Abrams in the Lost Mystery Box. The TED Talk. Do you remember the TED? talk where he talked about the mystery box no i i can only remember one specific ted talk yeah dummy two times give it a the, TED the, talk. On, hey. the only ted talk i've ever heard is the great fucking journey one that you went on that's it <laughs> my, my magical God. journey my magical I think I've fucking journey about this before but yeah he, he basically had a box with a question mark on it right. like a mystery box like a lucky block they sell them at all these fucking conventions like a like a super mario box that's people love by the way. to buy something which they don't know what's in there or open something they don't know what's in there and it cause it could be anything right it could be it could be a head mm -hmm. out of seven you know it could be like a fucking Gandalf's shit in there he's shat in a box it could be mm. well, literally that's, like, that's all the rage now though like that's how toys work now remember when we were right. kids you went to the you know like um we had packs of cards and stickers remember sticker books yes you buy a pack of stickers and you'd get like 10 stickers and you'd often get doubles and occasionally get like a hologram or whatever um but now they've 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 sort of moved on uh past that they still do those by the way but now they do that with toys, so collectible toys, and they do them in series as well, which is even more of a money spinner. So, like for You're instance, so fucking right. Duncan buys all of these Dota two like collectible. Yes. Toys yeah, in, and you don't know which one you're getting. You buy no. the box and you open it and you're like, oh, sweet, I got a golden fucking penis muncher or whatever is the hero's name is. And <laughs> yeah. You know, that, that, that's a couple of patches time. I that's think. Queen of Pain you're thinking of there. <laughs> sorry, sorry, yeah. So, but like with kids' toys, it's it's the same now. You can get these little Lego figurines, like Disney Lego figurines. It's like series one. Try to collect Pluto and Mickey and Donald and whatever, and you buy like five of them, and you get like three Donalds, and like if you're lucky, maybe you get Mickey Mouse or, or whatever. You know what I mean? And it's like 
So in the end, of course, you end up spending like way more than you would have just you yeah. Know, getting I, a I mean, it's the idea they, they put this into everything, right? And so I think the idea is that you trade with other people, but then again, it's really I think it's a really I don't know it's it, it's really annoying to me to not have all of them. You know, it's yeah. it's annoying to me to not have all of them because you're going to do an achievement rant now, aren't you? For World yeah, of it's weird like how life. Anyway, this before yeah, we get into that fair. weird thing around unboxing. Fair, right, so, this is maybe why the unboxing videos on YouTube are so popular too, right? Because and why anything that you buy comes in this, you know, it's quite exciting to unbox like a, a phone or whatever, you know. Is it? Well, I it's don't know. Not, it's, it's, it's really or, or or a thing like a collects edition, you know. Is it's it? Like, oh, it's a box with it's stuff in. Really, it is P Flax. It you know really what? is. Even I'm not that excited opening it, and I buy them. I'm just like, yeah, okay, well, fuck here. I just got a bunch of junk that's going to sit around, and I'm not really going to look at now. Oh, shut up! When that box arrives, you're like, oh, what's in this box? E- e- every single when time. I, when I was 12 years old, yeah. Now that I'm 36, no. Come on, Dad. Lighten the fuck up. Look, we you know, even we have both witnessed the ultimate the ultimate unboxing, which is a child being born, Lewis. Wow. Oh, once it. you've seen that unboxing, that changes you. I don't care what collector's edition of this, that, or the other you care about. It's to not mention. gonna be a child, it so a it's shit. Boom. I don't care about that art book and that soundtrack CD. Yeah. I don't even have a fucking CD player. You're right. Fuck. Yeah, don't, Lewis, don't you don't give a shit about that stuff. I don't want this cheap I know for sure that you don't. Because you're just going to go Peter home and, on it. and do the same <laughs> yes, shit. You you're do. not going to read that art book. You're not going to listen to that CD soundtrack. So what's the point? I'm never going to read that art book. I'll flick through it and be like, oh, this is a nice art book. But that's what Duncan's like when he opens these Dota figurines. He shows me it. He's like, oh, this is an... And I'm like, oh, that's a... It's not a terrible, you know, yeah. but you have to be positive, right? It's like, yeah, that's that's a nice thing. Put it on the shelf and leave it I suppose it there. you have to be after you've just spent that much money on something you don't even know what you're getting. Yeah, I would yeah, want to be positive I, I, as well. But the idea with JJ Abrams to link back around the whole thing is that, you know, he's he bought this mystery box, he put it on his shelf, and he doesn't want to open it because it's full of disappointment. Right. But in its form of mister, mysterious, and he doesn't know what's in it, it's actually quite exciting. Yeah. It's like, oh, there could be anything in it. Use your imagination. Yeah. And that's kind of what he tried to do with Lost. But, but then like, I think it ended up being this thing where everyone needed answers. Everyone's like, what's the answer? What's the answer? What's yeah. the answer? All the fucking time. And then the so, answer was, was almost a pirate with an eye patch living in a hatch Gandalf somewhere. shit <laughs> in a box. Uh, but then what, 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 so what was the end of Lost? Was it, was it they were in purga- purgatory No, they, were, they had like, been dead sort of the whole time and right. i feel like yeah if they, we shouldn't really necessarily of, yeah i didn't do you know what this isn't really a spoiler because i didn't i watched all of lost and i'm still not sure <laughs> they, right? i think they were just they were they were dead and they were helping each other get to heaven a settled afterlife right. not necessarily heaven but they all had problems and if you like sort of loose ends and they all needed everything to be neatly but tied what about together. the people that died though like mr echo and like walt and michael they left he was there he's fine he's, he's cool yeah he's, he made it no problem well, echo made it back after he, getting killed he, yeah, by they the were all sh- dead the... weren't they the thing so, with lost is i read a really good article and it was just like a, a hundred questions that people had for lost and pretty much every answer was because the island is magical and if you accept okay. that and just say it's just a magic place. I mean, here's the thing with Lost. I really enjoyed watching it. The, en- I loved the ending it. was a bit of a letdown, but I loved every yeah. episode, especially the episode. My my favorite was when they had the underground bunker. I can't remember what it was called. 
And oh, it was wonderful. It so was great. it was like everybody that was that was what everyone was talking about at the time. It was yeah. it was the Game of Thrones of its day. It was. it was the you know everyone came into work and they talked about the latest episode and they were like, "What's in that bunker? Yeah. What's going to be under there?" They had to press there? the button and stuff, and then the polar bear comic. And then they had that stuff. wonderful episode at the start of the series where what's his face who was in the bunker was doing his daily routine, going in the shower, cooking some eggs, you yeah. know, listening yeah. to some music, danced around, and then he hears this like suddenly rocking explosion, and that's you know. Uh, when Locke and Jack, you know, drop the dynamite on that hole and yeah. they're looking down into it. And then it, when you know. Locke leaves the thing to run too long and it goes, and everything starts yeah. to go crazy. I mean, that was All those weird great. hieroglyphics. Yeah. I was like, what's happening? That was the thing. It was amazing TV. But that's the, it's it was, the same yeah. thing with people needing to know. Is, is Gandalf a Valerian, Clolian, or a Valerian, Lalarian? Because uh, the yeah. Valerian, well, Lalarians, they, they want to know details so that they can go on and on about how much they know about a thing without accepting mystery. Because I we don't it, like uncertainty, do we? I think it's no. partly that, but I think as well, Lost and Heroes. Remember, Heroes started off pretty good. Um, if you if you ever watched that, the first like season or two of Heroes was like was pretty good, and then it it, it got pretty bad lost was the same like you know the first couple of seasons were really good and then it started getting really bad and now listen it's 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 like symptomatic of of network television in the u.s and the way that network television is run so like Mm. abc cbs and and nbc and stuff like that anything that has like a primetime slot on like you know terrestrial television that isn't like hbo or like a paid for thing or whatever the first couple of seasons and like certainly like the pilots and stuff the original team that writes the show are are involved and they control the show right and then and and the show is is really good at that point because the original team that wrote it know what they're doing know how they want to take it forward and stuff but then what happens is the networks start to get involved because of ratings so they're like well you know this episode came out and the ratings are much lower than you know this episode which aired two years ago or whatever so can we get some of the magic from that episode two years ago into this and then they have to start changing the writing and they have to start changing the formula absolutely to yeah. prop up the ratings and that w- that's what kills the show every single time heroes and lost a, are like yeah prime there's a couple of things i've got that. to say about that the, the prime example as well is that starship voyager keeps linking back to the borg all the time because they knew that the borg were a big deal they did well early in the series and so they keep having to have these fucking terrible Borg episodes much, much later into the thing. I mean, Seven of Nine, I think Star Trek's a little bit of an exception because both TNG, DS9 and Voyager all started off very poor. And the reason was because TNG originally had Gene Roddenberry writing it and he wasn't very good no. at that point. He wasn't really, he wasn't really, his, his, he wasn't very good anymore. And so when they got rid of him, it got a lot better. They always say about when Riker grew the beard and also the same thing with Cisco, like DS9, the first three series, really bad and then it just picks up with the dominion war and it's almost like somebody to take the the networks take a step back and just say hey go ahead do what you want and i think voyager was bad in general but ds9 really picked up and actually became one of the best star treks and tng was great deep space nine was was one of like the the best not like best memories I have of being a kid in in a good way it was one of the clearest memories I have of being a kid of being really hyped for something and then being massively disappointed in it when it came out. A lot like, of DS9. Man, yeah. we were so hyped for Deep Space Nine. We were like, oh shit, like this is going to be amazing. It's going to be in the same time slot as The Next Generation, which was still being aired at the time and stuff. And like, we were just like, oh God, it's going to be amazing. Like, I can't wait for it. And like, the first episode was like an hour long. 
And we were ha- we were like falling asleep halfway through it and stuff. It was like terrible. <laughs> it was all it was on at, it was on at six p.m. in the UK. And so when I came in from school, it was always on at Deep Space Nine at six p.m. And I used to watch it, and I really remember hating it. And I think it's because I'd watched these early seasons and these bad episodes because they all have them. And I don't think the BBC. I think that I think that you know the US networks sell off the, the episodes. You know, anyway, I think I just watched the first three seasons because I've been watching from season four onwards. And man. I mean, you're really enjoying it. Um, so the other thing how I many say seasons about, are 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 out of it in total? Like it's seven, done, I think. It's done now, right? Like yeah, like long oh, yeah, like yeah. like twenty two thousand five. It finished or something oh, right. a long time ago. But yeah. So anyway, the other thing I wanted to talk about was that there's a really good Orson Welles quote that says, "If you want a happy ending, that depends on where you stop the story." Right. So in many ways, a lot of people don't accept the lost was all a dream. Okay, and and it's like headcanon. It's like you deciding yourself. A lot of the times in a book, often you'll get an ending and then there'll be a, an epilogue or another story after it or a little bit on from that. And, and in many ways, for the reader, it's optional. Um, you can actually pick in your head whether you want to say, ah, do you know what? I just forget that last chapter. You know, I'm going to end my story back when this happy thing happened. Because you can always sort of think, in your head, you can always decide. You're welcome to choose what endings you want and what you take away from a story. And and welcome to to, to look at things a different way. Like before when you said to me, Sips, like, oh, you know, imagine uh, Jar Jar Binks was a Sith or imagine Deanna Troy was a spy. You know, I love that we can do that in our own head and say, hey, shit, this thing was great. Imagine Deanna Troy, because nobody's really sure of what her job on the Enterprise is. <laughs> Imagine her job turns out, and, and she like, and she totally embraces this, is they set up a mud wrestling pit on the bridge, right? And her only job is to just get in there and mud wrestle herself all the time. Oh, my God. And and then there's this episode where Bodega comes in wearing his cape <laughs> and a las gun. Bodega, <laughs> dive to the right. Yeah. Fired his las <laughs> This pistol. mud has gone solid. We need something to melt it. Get Bodega in his jetpack. <laughs> jetpack Bodega. will melt mud. <laughs> Jetpacked into view. Quick, Deanna, use my cloak to cover your face from the from the jetpack. He doesn't have cape, Lewis. This is not canon, all right? Bodega eschews <laughs> the use of capes. You can't have a cape and a jetpack at the same time, Ridiculous. motherfucker. You want some interesting... Only, only Boba Fett can manage that. <laughs> yeah. Well, Darth Vader had a cape, and it was so apparently so heavy he have a for the act to wear. That's why he stomped around so much that he couldn't like <laughs> lift his arms very heavily. You know, Darth Vader and Jason Bourne have a lot in common because Jason Bourne stomps around a lot too. Like for somebody who's meant to be like a little bit undercover and like inconspicuous, man, that guy has like an angry ass walk like everywhere he goes. Like if I saw him in public, I'd be like, that guy is up to something for sure. He is pissed like, off. Stomping around like there's no tomorrow. Jeez. Man, I fucking love the idea of a cape. Yeah. I was just, yeah. You oh, can get a cape, Lewis. If you, you want to wear a cape, They're, they're wear not a cape. at all fashionable, but I, you <laughs> might be able to bring them back. I look like a medieval dandy. <laughs> yeah. He would. I think like, you know what, though? You could wear one and because sometimes convincing everybody that you're insane and a bit of a write-off is like a good tactic, right? Like there's that. Yeah, do it. There's that, that mafia. Um, boss in new york who used to walk around in a bathrobe and slippers and everybody thought he was insane and not capable of doing anything wrong or whatever they thought that he was just like the you know the black sheep of his family but it turned out he was like the head of the family and he was like fucking responsible for like arranging the murders of like 500 people and stuff and right he was like all ruthless but like his his ruse was that he would parade around acting insane so everybody just like thought it's not him. It's going to be somebody else or whatever. 
cool, eh? Yeah, that's a great. So nice. you could do that with a cape. You could you could be the same. Like I'm so not hiding s- in plain sight. I'm not yeah. saying like run the mafia, but like you know you could maybe get up to no good on the side, and nobody will suspect you with that cape. Who's to say I don't already run the mafia? So oh, sh- <laughs> Jesus, man, my mind yeah. is melting right now. <laughs> It's too much. You've been you've been shot by my head is Bodega's last gun. Yeah, yeah. Fucking, I love that. I just want to. I just want P Flex to write a full on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You could be like in Orange is the New in the, Orange is the New Black. You remember the woman? Is it like is it Su- Suzanne or or Susan? The one that writes she she writes that um, steamy fiction that everybody no, gets becomes obsessed with. Oh, it's really funny. Yeah, oh, it's really. Good. Good. Oh, I have to watch you could be this. like that period. You could okay. do that. Bodega, yeah. It's like some like steamy I'll, I'll sci-fi. Write a, I'll write a Bodega short story. Okay, sweet. Okay. There you go. I'm gonna hold you to that. All right, no, maybe I'll, you I'll could get it. your kids to help. Actually, get the kids I think to help. That, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I like how you dismissed that so you like spat on that idea so hard you were like they don't, they don't know how to construct a good story <laughs> they don't oh, oh. that's not the point that's not the point we're trying to capture like that enthusiasm that, what, that like, childhood uh, like Cop. stupid have stuff have you ever seen Axe Cop, Axe Cop a series of comics where yeah a guy just got his I guess it was his nephew or maybe his son to come it's up like with like stories for axe cop no he's literally just a, a like a new york city cop who has an axe just, just <laughs> right. look look up axe cop it's very funny a series of comic strips they're very good that's amazing okay we're full of good suggestions today yeah. all right yeah yeah i think i think that's let's end it here because this was a great podcast i you hope know what? you have enjoyed it's it it's like you what? said you know you you pick your ending where you want your happy ending to be i think yeah. this is that point this is where i, I think want we've reached the happy ending to have yeah. a happy end. i've got to have one now actually i've got it booked Happy a ending. Lovely lady coming round. Booked at eleven thirty. <laughs> give me, gonna give me a massage. Give you an enema. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've got my. Gotta do that. Sweet. All right. Holy Can shit. Can we call right. this Cheers, episode uh, Bodega 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 Nights? Bodega wears no cape. <laughs> Bodega takes a poop in a box. <laughs> Bodega's enema. Oh god. <laughs> All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Goodbye.